In today's podcast, we're heading to the historic Boyne Valley of County Meath for a taste of Irish mythology. Today's podcast is sponsored by WiFiCandy.ie because traveling is sweeter when connected. Personal Wi-Fi devices with easy pickup at Dublin Airport or delivery to your first accommodation and postage paid envelopes included for easy return. Use discount code IFV, that's IFV for Ireland Family Vacations, at checkout to save 10% and stay connected in Ireland with Wi-Fi Candy. Hi everyone, thank you so much for joining me again here on the Traveling in Ireland podcast. Today on the podcast, I have a repeat guest. Now, the last time Jerry Mead was on the podcast was almost two years ago. It was March of 2017, and he had just launched his Salmon of Knowledge tour in County Meath. And in that time since then, Jerry has made a few updates to his tour and has some new offerings to share with us today. So Jerry, I am so excited to have you back and to talk a little bit about what you have going on there in that incredibly historic area of County Meath. Well, hi Jody, and thanks for having me back again. It's great to uh, get in touch again with all your followers and to give my little bit of news to the American market and any potential visitors coming to Ireland and, and a few pointers uh, as to uh, where to go in the Royal County and uh, of course we're now the Boyne Valley which has been the big rebranding the last couple of years so uh, we're kind of uh, forgetting the names of counties now so that we're kind of uh, going regional on our branding so that uh, the, the visitors can get a feel for an area not have to worry about mm -hmm. county boundaries etc. So that's, a, that's a, an interesting development the last few years for and, uh, our particular region in Mead. And I think that the rebranding of areas in Ireland has actually been really helpful. The Wild Atlantic Way obviously was a massive success. Ireland's Ancient East has done really well, and this area of the Boyne Valley certainly plays into Ireland's Ancient East. But the Boyne Valley has a lot of history that... I mean, it's, it's almost the history of Ireland in that nugget of space. Well, we like to think about the, the Boyne Valley as the cradle of Ireland's ancient east. Really, what, what, everything that's happened uh, of importance in Irish history has more or less happened around the River Boyne. And this is why they've, they've, they've rebranded the Mead and Loud counties in particular as the Boyne Valley. So you'll see discover Boyne Valley and Boyne Valley tourism when you Google the, the, the area and you put in Mead. So this is why we've decided to bunch. There was no point having a, a county boundary when the history was, history doesn't know these boundaries. So it was a case of making sure that the region got covered. And in actual fact, a bit of news for you, the last couple of years since I spoke to you, I've been instigating a twinning with uh, Boyne City in Michigan with the Boyne Valley in Ireland. So our Boyne Valley and their Boyne Valley are going to be twinned in the next year or two. I already had a delegation over this, this summer in July in Trim 
uh, I had it uh, in, in collaboration with Trim Tourism Network, we've had our proclamation from Boyne City in Michigan. Have you heard of Boyne City in Michigan? I have not heard of Boyne City in Michigan, well, but we that's have, really we exciting. We have a Boyne City. It was Boyne City founded by a local person who went over there in the 1800s and named it after his local river Boyne because his wife said, oh, it looks just like our river back home. Let's name it Boyne City. And it's just a little town in North Michigan. And I had a couple of visitors from there on my salmon tour. And they said, hey, we're from Boyne City. Ever heard of it? And I said, no. <laughs> so they said, okay, send an email to the mayor, wrote to the mayor. And now we're all going out next summer to sign the the charter of official uh, twinning with the two Boyne Valleys, the American one and the Irish one. Oh, that's so fun and exciting. I like that. So you never know. We could, uh, <laughs> we, I, I could be out there next July. I could be calling into you. Well, Michigan is, is pretty drivable from where I am in central Iowa, so we'll, we'll definitely try to make that happen for sure. That's so exciting. I love stories like that. But and, of course, the Boyne Valley has, you're right, it has all of the history. And, of course... The, my tour, which is called the Sound of Knowledge Experience, is one of the, the, the most famous legends from this particular area, going right back to the second century to Celtic Ireland. And it's all about uh, a mysterious fish, magic hazelnuts, a sacred river, a cunning old druid master, and a young warrior, boy warrior, who was to become the famous Fionn McCool. And what I've done is, uh, a couple of years ago, when I spoke to you, of course, I had told you that I had created this tour based around the story, bringing the visitors to, along the River Boyne where it happened, and then actually feeding them salmon, cooked salmon, because I'm a chef by trade. And of course, the whole idea was eating the salmon of knowledge meant you gained all the knowledge of the world. So by com combining the history and heritage along with my culinary experience, I had created this unique cultural and historic experience for visitors to Ireland. And uh, so now I've developed it further uh, into something more substantial. And then why don't you tell me, because I know that initially your, your experience involved, I think it was about a two-hour experience, and it involved going to the river, a walk along the river, and then you were into a pub. So why don't you tell me how this has changed, how you've developed it in the last couple of years? Well, we gave it, I gave it two full seasons to, to see how it, how it was going to go in its original format. And what I found was I was getting small groups of two or three visitors and to, to mobilize for the tour is like an, an all-round six-hour job, if you like. Mm -hmm. So I was realizing, first of all, I was only getting very small groups of, of visitors. So it was a lot of, a lot of organization and time to, to have such a, a small group. So that was the first uh, feedback I was realizing. And secondly, when I was talking to uh, tourism and industry professionals, they were saying, listen, you know, you're not going to attract bigger groups unless you have something a bit more substantial. So, for example, with the Chinese agents, they said, no, we want a full meal, not just a little snack with salmon. We'd love to have a full lunch or dinner. And the other thing was, uh, with, with weather issues, having to bring groups down to a river, it was especially on rainy and cold, windy days. They said, no, we'd love our groups to be in a warm, comfy place and not having to be exposed to the elements, which, of course, is one of the, the fun things about Ireland, you know. Right. But certainly it was, it was going to be issues with people who had uh, mobility uh, restraints, etc., to, to be able to walk on rough terrain. So I was taking all of these factors into account. And it was only when uh, one of the Chinese tour agents said, listen, if you, if you develop something more substantial, 
will definitely come on board. So I did, and they have done. So what we've done is gone to the local hotels. So there's a couple of local hotels involved now, and they're prepared to host larger groups. And what I've done is I've developed a three-course meal all around a Celtic team. So they get a nice uh, Celtic mutton broth as a soup. They get salmon cooked in mead with hazelnuts as the main course. And then they get a, a, a forest fruit gratin as dessert, which has all been uh, coated in a little bit of whiskey. So the, the whole idea is that the, that it's a much more of a, of, a, of, a, of a comfortable surrounding. It's much more relaxed, and they still get the whole story and display about what happened in the in the legend. And we're thinking about putting a little bit of music and dance from the local cultist groups in as well. So it'll become a full evening of entertainment to give an alternative, a totally alternative experience for people to do in the evening times, besides just go to the pub, uh, which is the, the main thing that visitors to Ireland would do. This will give, especially to countries that are not so big on the on drinking culture, they would like an, an, an evening where it would be an alternative to this. So this is a niche in the market that's a bit along the line of what Bunratty Castle already mm -hmm. does with its medieval banquets. It's, it's a similar line of, of attraction. But then that one feeds into more of the mythology of Ireland as opposed to the history of Ireland, which I think is, and I, I probably said this the last time we spoke, the mythology of Ireland is something that isn't really touched on a lot yet in tourism sectors. You have a lot around the music and you have a lot around the history, but the mythology and those great old stories of Ireland is still kind of a, a mystery to a lot of visitors. Well, we actually have uh, coined a phrase now, mythological tourism, and it actually came from the Asian market and our tourism island representatives out there who've said that the, the, the Asian market in particular, they're, they're not as interested in our battles and our castles and all of that. They're interested in our magic and, uh, and our myth. And, this is, and Ireland is steeped in it. And what we haven't done before is we haven't, we haven't packaged this as well. You know? So uh, basically what I've done is I'm trailblazing a little bit as regards the, the potential to open up such a whole new niche for, for the tourism visitor to Ireland because you know we have this like it's almost like a magic box of history that that we kind of we hear a little bit about it when we go around the sites but to actually display it and to uh, to show it off better to the visitors is something that we need to work on and my family knowledge is a, is a good example of that and this is why I've, I've, I've attracted particular attention for the new version of the tour uh, from the from the Asian market and they they'd be my first clients if you like and but what I'm planning to do now is of course to open it to all the markets especially the English speaking visitors from the UK and from America and Australia and Canada because obviously with a language barrier it's a bit more difficult we need to have translators or interpreters but when English is is a common language it really does uh, work uh, so part of part of the promotion and the marketing for next year will be to make sure I attract American and uh, North American market to this and for this reason I've got uh, I've liaised with a local tour agent who's going to be working with me to sell the, the package for uh, specifically the North American market so uh, I'll be giving details about uh, that website at the end when we, when oh, we sign perfect. off. Excellent because I, my next question was obviously going to be if you're working with large groups are people who are maybe traveling you know just two people traveling together or maybe a group of four, would they be able to book into that evening as well, even though they aren't part of a, a larger group? Correct, yeah. Okay. What I plan to do is when it becomes a regular event, so whether it's whichever group it is, I'm going to have a clause so that if 
independent travellers are coming through the region and come across my site and, and they say, right, this is really up our street. Well, I will absolutely make exception to tag those individuals into, into the larger group setting because I will obviously have control of the product. And if these people are, are happy to join in, and even if they're a different nationality, uh, and even if there's a language barrier, I would be happy, happy to take them because it's going to be such a special, special event. And you've seen, you've seen the photographs from my dry runs I already did with it in the summer because we had to do a lot of practicing on it. And, uh, and the feedback was enormous. I had 21 uh, travel writers flown over from China to see it. And they just went absolutely crazy for it. They just said this was the best thing we've seen in Ireland on our visit. So, yes, I'm very positive for the new version because obviously it's a business and it has to be viable. So given two years in its original format, it wasn't turning out to be a viable operation. So it needed to have the tweaking and it needed to be remodeled so that it became much more of a, of a sellable product. And now it really is. It's very much more substantial and attractive to the, to the tour groups. And, of course, to have the volume means that it's going to create revenue, which is very important for, for a business setting because it takes two days of my time to, right. to do a three-hour session with the, with the visitors. So even though you just turn up and the whole thing is there, it's actually I've started the, the previous morning. So that's how much work goes into it. So it is much more a quality product. Uh, it wasn't taking as long to do the first version. So uh, hopefully it'll be very well received. And I know it's something that from the North American visitors, Canada and Americans that I've had on the tour over the last two years, it's been very, very well received. And uh, so I'll be, very, I'll be delighted to welcome uh, anybody who does come across and happens to coincide with the timing that I am doing one of the nights. They'd be more than welcome to join. Wonderful. And for people who might be having a difficult time kind of picturing where the Boyne Valley is, you're just north of Dublin City. It's, it's not terribly far at all, so this would make a no. really nice base maybe for the last couple of days before you leave Ireland. It's really easy to get to Dublin Airport. From yeah, a lot the of people. Valley. A lot of people actually stay in Dublin and just come down for the day or a couple of days, because we're only like a 30-minute drive uh, from Dublin. We have a motorway now that just comes straight down, uh, right to Navan in the middle of Mead, and uh, so. You know, but we're trying to get people to stay more over for the couple of nights instead of uh, going back and forth to Dublin, you know, to actually book in and stay two or three nights in the region itself. And then everything is very much at a, <laughs> you know, if you stay in Navan, for example, everything was, is within a 10-minute drive of the town. And that's, it's, it's so reachable. And we've got lots of small tour operators uh, in the area that, would, that run little packages for two or three days and they can take you around all the sites in small groups of two, four, six people, and they're great value. So I would, I would, I would really recommend people to, even though we're so close to Dublin, to try and do the stay over, because yeah. then you really feel immersed in the, in the region, and you, you can feel the vibe, uh, whereas when you're going back to the big city at the end of the day, you're kind of switching on and off from it, and then you have to switch on again the next day. It's better <laughs> to just immerse yourself for a few days in the region. I couldn't agree more. Now, I know that you've not only been busy updating your Salmon of Knowledge experience, but you also have developed kind of a show around food. Is that right? Well, it's uh, purely by coincidence. My Chinese agent, she says, well, what else do you do? And, of course, I've been teaching cookery for 20 years to both for industry and to the public. And she goes, oh, that's very interesting. Uh, would you teach cookery to the, to, to, to the Chinese. I says, I would, yeah, what would you like them to learn? She says, well, why not Irish food? So I decided to go back 
to my office and draw up a plan and say, right, how could I possibly do this? So I sat down and I came up with the four absolute most famous Irish food and drink items. And they are, of course, our Irish stew, our bacon and cabbage, our Irish coffee, and our brown bread. And I thought, right, if I was American or Chinese or European and I was coming to Ireland and I was able to get a master class demonstration by a professional chef of how these four quintessential Irish food and drink items are made right in front of me and then I get to eat them. <laughs> I would love that experience. So I drew up a, a plan for it and I was given a, a couple of uh, trial groups and they had been in Ireland for two weeks and when they saw what I did, they said it was the best thing they had seen over the two weeks in Ireland. So I knew we were onto something. So we developed the Irish Cookery Show. So what this is, is we've got an old mill outside uh, of Navan. It's still working mill. It's hundreds of years old. It's in four generations of a family. And they actually still grind the flour. They make the, they make the flour for the brown bread. So what we're going to be doing is we're going to be having the little cookery show in this mill where I'll be... You'll be watching, you'll be having a tour and seeing how the flour is made, and then I'll be making the bread for you. And I'll be making Irish stew and bacon and cabbage. And then you're going to get up out of your seat, and I'm going to teach you how to make your very own Irish coffee. So it's called the Irish Cookery Show. And it's going to be going out from the springtime, probably around Easter. And I have a, a local girl who's going to be selling it through her website, Ancient East Boyne Tours. So it's all one word. It's www.ancienteastboyntours.com. And the bookings for the Irish Cookery Show will be all through this. But again, it's a group scenario. But if people are traipsing through the Boyne Valley and they call me up and I'll be able to tell them when the next uh, performance is on and then they can join in on that too. So like the salmon, even though it's specifically going to be aimed at large groups, if there's independent travelers coming through the area and they want to uh, tag on to a, a big group, they'd be more than welcome to join in. Oh, that one sounds so much fun. I love the idea of being able to tour an, an old mill. I, I love this new idea. And, and you know, I really love how you're taking these thoughts and these suggestions and really working out new ideas of things that haven't been done, and especially new ways for people to visit this the Boyne Valley because when people think of the Boyne Valley if they if they know of it they think of things like Newgrange and Trim and the Hill of Tara and they think of the ancient and the old and the history and I just I love how you bring it all together in, well, in we have, we, the problem we have with the Boyne Valley is it's the River Boyne is running through it but the north of the Boyne Valley doesn't get such attention as the south and what I'm working at at the moment is Kells area is trying to completely rebrand itself. You know, the Book of Kells is from there. It has its round tower and its high crosses. It's a, it's a superb. It, it, would, it would easily qualify as a World Heritage Site. Places like Trim and Newgrange have been much more successful at, at marketing. So um, hopefully we will, uh, we will have the salmon in one of the hotels in Kells. So that will be uh, attracting attention to the area. And just outside Kells, of course, we have Athboy. And I know you guys are getting really big on <laughs> Halloween, but Athboy is home to the Hill of Ward, yes. where Halloween started. Yes. And, you know, 
a lot of people coming to the Boyne Valley don't even realise this. They go to the Hill of Tara, but the Hill of Ward is really where it's at. And even though it's not as well developed for, for visitors, it's still a, a, an amazing place to visit. So, you know, you asked me places to, to visit locally that would be different. Well, that would be certainly an example, Kells and that boy, to give a bit of promotion to the parts of the Boyne Valley that don't get to make as much noise as, as, as the other places. And we have several new breweries in Mead as well. So it would be very interesting for uh, visitors, to, if you're into some craft beer, to also visit that. And we now have a, uh, our own whiskey in Slane Castle is now making its own whiskey. Yep. So we have lots of, lots of interesting developments since the last time I was talking to you. So I'd, I'd highly recommend those, those, would be, those would be areas, besides the big hitters like the Battle of the Boyne and Newgrange and Hill Tower, there are now so many more other interesting places in the Boyne Valley to visit. And it is really just an, an incredibly historic place, and there's so much going on. We've mentioned some really great places, um, and you've given us a few tips on places to visit. And obviously, because you've been on the podcast before, you know that I always ask, where are three other places? Have we covered those three places that that you kind of had in mind, or do you have more? You'll need a car to reach some of these recommended destinations. So I'm excited to partner with irishcarrentals.com to provide an unbeatable quote on your car rental in Ireland. Be sure to use code IFP. V for Ireland Family Vacations in the promotions box to save an extra 10%. Now, here come those recommended destinations. Yeah, I'd get more specific. I think I, rec- I would recommend in Trim, when people go to see, to see the castle where Braveheart was made, there is now a brewery in Trim, and it's called Brew Brewery. Because, of course, Brew the Boyne means the bend in the Boyne. And that's the, that's the Irish name for Newgrange because it was located on a bend in the Boyne. So the guys are making a local craft beer and they've called it Brew, as in the Fine. same spelling as Brew the Boyne. And it's Brew Brewery. So all, the guy, all, all people have to do is Google that and then they can get a tour and a taste of all the beautiful beer that they're making in Trim. So I would recommend that. I would also recommend visiting the mill that I spoke about where you can actually see the flower and the wheel and everything still working as it, done, as it has done for hundreds of years. So that would be very interesting, the Martry Mill. And, of course, I couldn't leave without recommending my partner Fiona's musical tour of Dublin. So, uh, and so most people will have landed in Dublin, so I would recommend, uh, even though it's not in the Boyne Valley per se, but uh, www.daltonsmusicalhistorytour.com will give you all the information about a beautiful new experience in Dublin city centre where you get to sing your way around Dublin. And as always, it's just always a pleasure to talk with you and hear what's going on with you and in your area. Thank you very much for having me again. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Traveling in Ireland podcast. As always, anything we talked about that can be linked will be linked, and there was a lot of information in this podcast. So be sure to go back to the show notes to get the links and more information on everything we talked about. If you enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to leave a five-star review on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your reviews help other people find the show. Again, thank you so much for listening, and until next time, slangerful.
Thank you.